Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as ferocious as my take that Utah was going to be competent. Man, nobody believed in Utah. I looked at that roster, I said, that's competency right there, man. And it all started with my boy, Laurie Markinen. I know you call him Lowry Markinen. Laurie is his name for me, and he will always be in my heart. Man, this Jazz team, 4-1 to start the season. Still a little crazy that we've had some teams play five, almost six games, and some teams play two, three games in this scenario when we're on the cusp of that weird things. But, yeah, the Jazz are definitely one of the surprises of the season right now. And, you know, Kelly Olynyk's playing well. Clarkson's still there. Conley's still there. There's a lot of good names, and the Jazz seemingly don't want to tank at this point. Man, like Colin Sexton's playing, not even playing that many minutes. He's coming off the bench, and they're really good, man. They're starting Mike Conley. He's been good. Jordan Clarkson's been good. It's surprising. Um, and I think that, like, it's not going to be sustainable. Like, obviously, everybody in the media is like, oh, are the Jazz actually going to be good? No, they'll probably still tank. Like, it's the beginning of the season. Nobody has tape on them. Nobody's expecting much from them. And they've, they've got some really good serviceable pieces, man. I think, like, again, it's becoming more of an era, like we talked about it last week, where it used to be one, two mattered the most. And we're getting into an era where three through seven, three through eight really makes the difference in your roster. Because there's so much elite talent out there right now, but their one through eight is really solid, especially with Vanderbilt doing what he's doing on the defensive end. That they're actually playing, like, you know, quite well, man. It's an exciting time in the league. You know, the super team era is kind of dead. And, you know, that was the time of, you know, one to three, one to four guys in your team. And it looks like those five, six, seven, eight, nine are starting to really become important because, you know, rosters like the Grizzlies who have a lot going on, like the Raptors ourselves. Like, if you have enough talented players to not just worry about your one and two guys you can compete in this league and the jazz are seemingly deep while not having the top tier talent and they're showing up it's pretty wild absolutely i'm if you even look at the standings right now it's really the teams that are built around one or two guys mm-hmm. um that are, are doing so well and the guy the, the teams that are built around you know two super superstars and then like nothing else are are bad like brooklyn's not been good the lakers haven't been good and those teams just didn't get the memo that you got to fill out the rest of your roster you look at milwaukee chris middleton maybe a top 20 30 player maybe. in this league. maybe yeah he may be they have Giannis, and they look unstoppable he hasn't even played this season i don't even think and they look unstoppable this man is just crushing it because he's got the right pieces around him yeah, shout out to Giannis, my boy. I, I tried to come with a with a super sweet take, and John Morant got in there a little bit early. But hey, back-to-back 40-point games from Giannis. Thank you, my friend, for making it happen. Hey, man. It's better than uh, what I did in, in jinxing <laughs> the Raptors. I feel like I always do this. The curse just comes for me when I pick on our Raptors. And, like, we should have won that Brooklyn game, man. In the third quarter, they we were crushing them and then all of a sudden we just decide to let them back in the game then we're not playing at the start of the fourth oh we'll get more into it in raptors chat though you're just too amped you're too amped after that Cavs victory you know you were you were feeling pumped for the season to go and 
as we'll discuss later, our record is definitely not, you know, showing where our talent level is, at least in our opinion. So, you know, we'll get into the Raptors chat later because there's a it's ton early. to discuss. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it's it's early. You know, Utah's looking like one of the best teams in the league. They're tied with Portland. You know, like Portland 4-1. and one, are, are we expecting that to continue all season? Dude, no. I, I can't believe they lost last night. I was going to be so amped to talk about how Portland is 5-0, and oh, how Damian Lillard is telling everybody that game time is not over. The Jeremy Grant situation seemingly working out amazing for them. Again, it's early, but the Blazers look like they want to be in the playoff hunt. Again, it's early. It's super early, man. Like, Miami's come out and looked like not like a good team philadelphia's come out and they haven't looked like a good team hey man i think the mavericks are one and two so i'm expecting them to be a top contender in the western conference especially with that guy christian wood man he's been playing out of his mind it's exciting well you know you have to you have to be slightly worried as a mass fan when you have a losing record but again it's one and two so you can't be that worried and when you think about how good he's looked, how great the offense has been able to flow without Luka Doncic, and I mean, anyone who's paid attention to this roster in the past few years since Luka's been around knows that it's Luka's season all the time, and when he goes to the bench, this team loses its direction. So this is exactly what you want to see. Yeah, they can't even survive without him on the court. Now they look competent, so it's actually a really, really big step forward, like you said, and Spencer Dinwiddie can just focus on making shots and, and stop worrying about facilitating. I'm excited to see where their future goes. Another Western Conference team. Let's talk about the Pelicans a little bit, my friend, because now they've got two injury woes to worry about. Zion's dealing with a little something, and Ingram, after getting punched in the face by a teammate, is in concussion protocols. Poor guy. Like, unfortunate. But the team is 3-1, and one, seemingly knows exactly what's going on, and if you're in the Western Conference, you got to start thinking about the Pelicans a little bit more. Dude, they have looked very, very strong to start the season. Um, the fact that they played so well, even without Brandon Ingram and Zion in the in the lineup, kind of just shows you what roster they have. We talked about it at the beginning of the year, man. They've got one of the better rosters in the NBA. Um, you know, Zion hurting himself is always scary, but he consistently does that, unfortunately. So you had to expect it. I was only expecting him to play about 65 games this year anyways. Um, He's on pace. Brandon, Brandon Ingram came out looking like a young Kevin Durant. Like, this team, again, still early, full season ahead of them. If they can get to the playoffs healthy, I think they can make some noise. Right. Absolutely. We mentioned it at the beginning of this episode, talking about roster depth. The Pelicans have the depth, and they proved it by getting that W without arguably their two best players on the court, you know? So shout-out to CJ, shout-out to, shout to JV, the rest of this Pelicans team, for keeping it going. They look like they're going to be around to stay, and if... If again, if yeah, if they can get sixty games out of Zion, like they should not be worried for a playoff team in the future. No, absolutely, man. It's it's kind of wild to think about. Um, I I really like the roster though, and if it, I really love Zion, and if Zion can just please, please, please give me a full season, even anything close to a full season, you know, it's gonna be magical. Cause that guy, like, he's just scary, man. The way he dunks. The way he just muscles people around the paint, it's, it's like they're not even there. It's like they're children. And it's crazy because he's not the tallest guy on the floor, but boy, is he the biggest. Like, yeah, he's, he's awesome. over six feet. It, it, it fits. But yeah, and it looks insane. And 
you know, if you if you go to the other side of that coin when you think about injuries that are plaguing another team, like can we talk about the Clippers? You know, their season has not gotten off to start that they've wanted. Kawhi is sitting out games against OKC already. Now we knew this was gonna happen, but this Clippers team I think wanted to be a little bit farther away from their Lakers brothers at this time in the season. Honestly, man. Yeah, it's only four games though, right? Like we're talking about a two and two team here. Um, Norm Powell hasn't looked amazing and we both know that he's going to start picking it up again. They're still trying to work back in their superstars. They had a full season last year of being really good without them. So I'm sure guys are kind of a little, you know, miffed about losing some shots, about losing some possessions to some players who, who weren't there. And then when you got Kawhi who's sitting out already, they knew they were going to do that with him, but I'm sure it doesn't add to the team. It's why as much as I love the LA Clippers roster, and I think that it's championship caliber, and I think that it might be even one of the better rosters in the entire NBA, I can't pick them to do anything in the playoffs because their team chemistry, the way that they function, they don't have a true leader. It's... It's unfortunate. Like, as much as we love Kawhi, he's not a leader. Mm-hmm. Even on our championship team, Kyle Lowry, we've talked about it, was the leader. And so you need that with Kawhi and Paul George, and unfortunately, they don't have it. So I can see this team. Yeah, I, I could see them winning 60 games and then getting bounced in the second round. A lot of this is going to come on the shoulders of Ty Lue. He's going to have to pull these boys together and really figure out what they're going to be. The Clippers are still scary, but this starts this season has shown the cracks that are going to come through, has shown the issues that might arise if the situation doesn't pull together. So, you know, Clippers fans, at least, look, this is overreaction week. We know this. It's a weekend of the season. Things are going crazy. But at least you're not the LA Lakers, all right? This team is 0-4 now, and they might just look like one of the worst teams in the NBA. This is not where you want to be if your name is LeBron James. No, it's absolutely brutal. And unfortunately for LeBron at the moment, yeah, he's got some pretty good stats, but he's kind of putting up some empty stats. I think this is the first time in in his career that you could say that he's not impacting the game every every time he's out there. And it's it's sad to see um, Westbrook, you see that uh, pull-up jumper with less than uh, 30 seconds left in the game. They're up by one. He became the first player in four years in the NBA to be up by one, under 30 seconds left in the game clock, and over 15 seconds left on the shot clock to take a shot <sighs> in the final minute of the game like that. Like, it's such bad basketball IQ that a high school player should know not to do it. And... AD, is he like 105? Like, did he pull a fast one on everyone with his birth certificate? This man looks more brittle than, like, my grandfather. Like, it's it's brutal, man. Like, he has got back issues. He looks like he's one play away from just calling it a career. It's sad. The Lakers are not in a good place. And, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, if he is going to be street clothes, if he's going to be injured, if he's going to not play... At least let us know that earlier rather than later because you're struggling right now. And to touch on the Westbrook thing, like, I kind of feel for the guy. Because I think about what is going on in these stadiums. How every time he touches the ball, I'm sure he hears fans screaming, Pass it! Don't shoot! Like, for a guy who, you know, three three years ago was seen as one of the top players in the league, right? He's in top 75 all, all time, bro. Like... 
he and Mr. Triple Double, like one of my favorite players of of all time. His peak, I'll take peak Russ any day of the week. Yeah, and it, it's kind of crazy to see the league developing in the way that it's that that it has and. You see so many of these older talents now. They're hitting these 33, 34, 35, and there's only two directions it seems to go. You either find a role. Sorry. There's the LeBron James, and then there's the you either find a role for your team and you fit in and you do what Car- Carmelo did for a few years. You know, you do what Dwight maybe did. You find a role, or you're like Westbrook and you're seemingly not going to fit in. And unless you find a trade to a team that is going to let you be who you are, he's going to be out of the league in a year or two. And that's a crazy thing to think about. Absolutely, man. Considering he was averaging a triple-double just two years ago and dang near did it last year. Absolutely. Um, but I I think you're right. He needs to get traded. And, um, you know, I was talking to you about this a couple days ago. I think that Utah is the perfect spot for him. I think that right now with the players that they have, they're a little bit too good to maybe be in the Wembenyana sweepstakes. Absolutely. And we we both know that they want Wembenyana. I mean, what NBA GM doesn't at this point? So you tr- take, you know, Mike Conley, you take Nikhil Walker-Alexander, you take maybe Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson, you know, your auxiliary pieces that you know aren't going to be there for very long you don't take anybody like Nikhil walker alexander isn't getting minutes on this team man and that's that's a bad sign for him but you take anybody who's under 25 and actually getting minutes you take them away from a trade you get two first round picks and russell westbrook back russell westbrook tanks your season because you're shooting 24 percent from the field you get victor Wembenyana and out of his contract at the end of the year and the lakers get some pretty good depth some pretty good shooting. I don't know if it's going to make a difference for the Lakers. Like I, <laughs> They're probably still going to be like a play-in team at best. Yeah. But hey, at least they won't have Westbrook anymore. I agree, though. People are really hard on him. Um, you, they show nothing that he does well in the game. Media is absolutely destroying him. And even in that game that they lost to Portland, do you know who bricked a, a three-pointer like right before that with a minute left in the game? LeBron. Yeah. Does anybody talk about that? Is anybody showing that? No. And, like, you're talking to a, you know, a LeBron lover, man. Like, I've been a LeBron stan for a while, so. It's cruel, and it's not fair. For a guy that doesn't cheat the game, for a guy that hustles, for a guy that is going hard every night, it's just, for his position, for the way that the game is played right now, it doesn't fit. And as we've seen, he's not going to be a better shooter. It's just not magically going to happen. Unfortunately, block, I think. Absolutely, man. You know, we saw it with Ben Simmons, whether or not it was real or not, whatever the situation, this is a prime example of how chaotic a situation could be in the NBA for players. How much goes through their minds, how many other factors and variables affect a game on a day in and day out basis. So, you know, maybe this is the trade that happens. People are still talking about the Buddy Heald, uh, Miles Turner Pacers trade, you know, seemingly gonna happen, but Lakers fans. <laughs> This is not how your season wanted to start. And you know with LeBron's comments about how the, you know, they can't shoot a penny into the ocean that this is the type of team that LeBron would look to trade and oh. they have to do something if they want to have a successful season. Man, they absolutely need to do something and do something fast. Um, it's just, it's unfortunate that at this moment. Like, I don't know where they're going to go. And it's, I don't think it's going to save the season. So they may as well just kind of trade LeBron and and figure it out from there. 
crazy to think. But let's move on here. Let's talk about the other two winless teams. Do you want to start with this Kings team? But I'm like, oh, I'm so hard on because I want them to be winning games because they've been playing pretty good. Darren Fox looks great. Keegan Murray looks actually pretty dang good. But they've lost three games. They seemingly have fallen flat out of the gate. I still believe in this Kings team, Matt, but at the same time, I'm I'm faltering. Man, I'm pretty sure that their losses have been against some pretty good teams. So it's it's not, you know, to worry at the moment. That's the hope. Um, yeah, and Keegan Murray missed the first game. He's come back and he's played well. Um it's early in the season. They're trying to figure it out. Um, I loved what you said earlier before when we were talking about how Malik Monk needs to just stop <laughs> touching the ball so much. It's that overinflated ego from the Lakers, man. The Lakers had nobody on their roster. They see this man actually being decent, and they think he's going to be the next LeBron James. It's in his head. Now he's in Sacramento, and he's kind of messing up that squad a little bit. But I, I like what they have. De'Aaron Fox has been unbelievable man like he's been out of this world though that kind of scares me because his shooting percentages are so elevated that you gotta think that they'll regress back to where they normally are yeah so if if that happens but then you gotta hope that like sabonis plays a little bit better because he's better than the 14 15 points that he's averaging right now um so again so early to be overreacting like this i'm pretty sure our raptors started like two and nine last year did they not it was not a good start to the season. But yeah, this Kings roster, the specific thing about Malik that gets me, right, is it's not about his, it, it, he's not, you know, not putting in the effort. Like, he's got the hustle. He's going for, you know, getting those offensive boards. The problem is he doesn't kick it out to an open shooter. He dribbles it out and then takes the shot. And I'm like, my guy, you've got the reset on the shot clock. You've got talented players who can knock down the three and can also create ball movement. It's just he's doing a little too much, right? He's a great three-point shooter and he'll fit in well with this roster. Just, you know, touch the ball a little bit less. A little bit less, well, so I'm asking. I, I think that, like, you know, I, I truly believe in, in the basketball gods. I believe in all sports gods. And I think that they punish players who take, who force shots. You know, even if it's, if it's quote-unquote, a decent shot um, to take, they punish players who force it. So when a guy like Russell Westbrook has the open mid-range, instead of wasting the clock like he should and making the right basketball play, Mm -hmm. even though he's open, he pops up for the shot, the basketball guys are punishing him because he's not playing the game the right way. And I I truly believe that when you start playing it the right way, that's when your shots go down. And I think that's kind of like the the block for him, and it might be the block for Malik Monk, right? He's got to let the game come to him. He's got to pick his spots to be aggressive because... I, I just there's, there's something about me that feels like they they want the game to be so beautiful that they're gonna punish the people who who tarnish it and so they that's what happens man. It's also I see forget, it with the Raptors all the time. And I was and I was gonna say this is a great comment because we're talking about the Sacramento Kings here. If any franchise is gonna have you know frustrated the basketball gods over the last 15, 16 years, it's this franchise. So Malik, relax a little bit. But yeah, we're not too worried about the Sacramento Kings. Dude. I still have faith in them. Do you know why they've they've upset the basketball gods so much? Because they keep passing on the better talent. <laughs> they're like, bro, we put a player right in front of you. Just take him. Just take him. And they're like, nah, let's take Marvin Bagley. <laughs> like, That's why li- <laughs> years and years, like twenty years of pain. And the basketball gods are like, okay, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna give this guy DeAndre Ayton a crazy good college hype tape. 
and we're going to make everybody believe that Luka Doncic is the second best prospect in this class. Just for you, Sacramento. Just for you. And what do they do? Take Marvin Bagley. Like, what the? At least. If I'm the basketball gods, I am so mad. Right? Like, there's at least one god who feels bad and slipped some Keegan Murray this year. But yeah, Sacramento's in a in a weird place. So we're, we're going to continue to monitor this squad. But let's flip on over to the East now. Let's talk about this Magic team who is seemingly rolling perfectly into their rebuild at 0-5 right now. Like, Magic fans, well well done so far. You're on the way for Wembenyana. Bro, could you imagine? Like, Jalen Suggs got hurt in the second game, and he had, a like, a good first game. So if he can actually sustain that type yeah. of level, yet to be seen. Banchero hasn't scored less than 20 points in a game, and has he hasn't done it efficiently by any means, but he's l literally the only option right now on that team besides Franz Wagner. And... They are not winning games. So if, if Paolo can average, you know, what is he averaging? Like 24, 4, and, and 3? Like at the moment, like that's some great, great number one overall rookie stats. He's going to run away with rookie of the year. And they're going to get Victor Wembanyama to pair with him? Mm -hmm. And Matt, they're losing games by like 2, 3, 4 points, right? I think their worst loss, they lost by like 14. Like, they're yeah. being competitive, they're playing good basketball, and they're developing their talent. So I'm saying it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful tank masterclass. They're showing up, they're doing what they can, but Banchero is still having his night, you know? The rest of this team is coming together, and if they can win a couple games, keep that confidence up while still being at the bottom end of the table, Orlando, you're setting yourself up well. Because imagine Banchero with Wimbignana next year, like, what a combo those two could be. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I misspoke. Wagner's actually hurt. So it's literally just Banchero out there the last couple games. Okay. Yeah, he got hurt uh, foot injury last couple games. This um, Yeah, I forgot about it. So, but that's why he's, it's okay. He's doing his thing. You know, it, it brings me to, a, you know, another player, Benedict Matherin, who Pacers are not very good. But the man is doing his thing. 19, 26, 27, 17, 15. Like, his shooting has kind of cooled off a little bit yeah. lately. Can he keep up that early season front running? I'm hoping so, man. Because him and, and Tyrese Halliburton have actually started something here in, in Indiana that I think, like, you could actually get excited about as a Pacers fan. Um, and for, for Matherin, you know, the kid... Looks ready. I love me a player who's willing to put double zero on, like, and the fact that he comes off of the bench with the amount of fire that he does, with the amount of confidence that he has for a team with zero expectation, this is the great position to be in. And he's one of those players that is making people really look at this draft class and go, man, there's a lot of talent in here. This class could be deeper than a lot of people expected, you know, just a few months ago. Oh, yeah, because it was considered one of the weakest draft classes in a while. And then, but you heard how cocky they all were coming out of the draft. I mean, yeah. Chet Holmgren was saying it about himself. Benedict Matherin literally saying that there's no player in the NBA that's better than him. And LeBron's going to have to prove that he's better <laughs> than him. Like, it's kind of interesting, man, yeah. like what's going on with these rookies and the confidence. But I love to see it. I love the fact that he's Canadian, too, and he's he's showing out already. Um, they, they look to have a point guard small forward already positional locked um whether or not they're going to be like you know a, a number one option yeah is yet to be seen but again like they could be so bad this year that when yana with benedict matherin and tyrese halliburton next year could be a 
scary, scary roster in like five years. Like that would be nice. I'm I'm a low key fan of the Pacers this year. They're the most Canadian team in the NBA with five Canadian players. So I'm I'm rooting for the, these guys a little bit. You know, keep keep getting those L's, maybe get your way to Wembenyama. But yeah, I love what we're seeing out of Matherin. Tyrese looks like he's enjoying being given the opportunity to run the show that he has Star. been. So. Pacers fans, you look like you're set up for the future, and you think about these Eastern Conference teams that are trying to figure out their rebuilds, trying to figure out their futures, right? You compare them to a team like Charlotte, who has a superstar in LaMelo Ball, who is injured and isn't playing right now, but seemingly nothing else, you're happy to be a Pacers fan right now. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, do you tell me that you don't want a 23-year-old guy averaging 23 points, four rebounds, 10 assists on 50-40-90 shooting? Oh, like, no, that's Tyrese, man. He's starting for him. I'm talking about the future of Matherin, but I know. It's Tyrese oh, going crazy. Not, yeah, Tyrese is going off, man. Um, But, yeah, like, rookies have been showing out. Uh, we talked about Keegan Murray. We talked about Banchero. Um, I think the other one that's really kind of shown out is Jabari Smith Jr. I know he got into that fight in their late victory over Utah with, with Jalen Green. It's, you know, probably kind of hard to get along with Jalen Green, who's the flamethrower that he is. And, and he looks like he's got a bit of an ego, Jalen Green, just like from what I'm seeing around and, and hearing. So um, not nice for a guy who I think is a little bit of a, a calmer temperament. But you know what? He shot the ball really well from three, like seven of uh or three of 11 is okay but seven of eight three of seven three of five three of six like man really good shooting nights and it's nice when you're willing to put up those shots too like the rockets are getting themselves set up to be a shooting team and if you know their 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 struggles can't come through you know i, I always joke that you know uh Green could be good friends with Tyler Hero. I feel like the two of them would get along really well. You know what I'm saying? So, Tyler. But <laughs> if they can get over their struggles and they can figure it out, the Rockets are in a good place. You know, they're a tanking team that has some true star-level talent, you know, name-brandable talent on the roster. So, you know, you, you got to keep your eyes on, on the Houston Rockets. You know, they're only 1-4. and four. They've got a W at least. You know, it's nice to see that, but... It's they're, Utah, man. One of the best teams in the league, apparently. Crazy, yeah. It was good for them. I'm sad that they stopped that streak for Utah. But yeah, I think Rockets are going to be okay. They have no expectations on the season. Jabari seemingly looks like he's going to fit in well. And so, yeah, as long as they're not button heads day in and day out, this Rockets team is going to be fine. Yeah, man. I mean, the league is such a crazy place right now because, again, like, Denver's not looked too great to start the season. Philly's not looked great to start the season. Hey, man, the Knicks are three and one. But you know what? I don't buy. They've beaten the three worst teams in the Eastern Conference. They've lost to the only good team that they've played against. Um, beating the Pistons, Magic, and Charlotte is not going to do anything for me. Jalen Brunson's looked great in those games. Guy's got a 25 per. He's averaging 28 and four. Um, Still, I do not believe in these Knicks. If he's going to be their best player and he's taking away shots from from um, Randall and uh, R.J. Barrett, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're just they're kind of just like wrecking their future because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, Brunson is who he is. He's already 25, 26 years old. This is his time. This is his peak. Mm -hmm. So you're going all in on a mediocre peak when you could get a higher peak out of RJ in a couple like it just does the Knicks the are going to nick it okay they're weird right you know you think about the fact that they just picked up Obi Toppin's fourth year contract but yet Why? Randall is seemingly playing better and is not back to his 
MVP form we saw two years ago, but he's playing much better than last season, that's for sure. So the Knicks are weird, man. They, I, I don't know what the Knicks are going to do, my friend. I have no idea. Man, it's so weird to think that this franchise thinks that they at all are the basketball mecca of the world. Um, it's just kind of sad because they, they have been so also ran for so long. Um, they need to like make a like if they want an elite level guard, don't go get Jalen Brunson. Go get Shea Gilgis Alexander out of OKC. This man has been on a tear. He's trying to get traded the best that he can. He wants them to get some some high end draft capital for him. The man's almost got a thirty two per to start the year. Thirty one, seven and five, and he's almost shooting that fifty ninety uh, or fifty forty ninety split. So, mm-hmm. and he's almost like two blocks a game like 1.7 and 2.3 steals is Shea like going to be the elite guard in this league for the next five years maybe we knew it was going to be good OKC is just in that weird space man they're a team that is tanking but seemingly winning games but also not winning any games at all like I hope for Shea you know I want to see him because he's been playing so well we really love to see yeah. that I mean, we get the opportunity to play but if this bird if I mean if OKC is just going to be tanking again is this just a small blip? Are we not going to get to see this come the end of the season? Hey, man, OKC, listen to me. I'll give you Freddie, and I'll give you two first-round picks. You give me Shea. I'll even, I'll even throw in a flyer on a on a prospect that you want, too. I may even give you Precious. You want you have, Precious? You can have Flynn if you want. You have, you have Precious, Flynn. You could have OG, or not not OG, Fred Van Bleet, and two firsts. Give me, give me Shea. That's a good trade. That's a, a real wild, good trade. It's a wild trade, but it, I have to consider that for sure. Okay, my friend. Buddy. Anything else in the NBA? Do you want to give a little? You know, do you have any like little awards to give out to certain players that are seemingly doing crazy things? Anything else you want to say before we go to Raptors? Um, unless you want to give out like the five game MVP award to John Morant. Nah, man, I really want to talk about the Raptors. There's some crazy things happening in the NBA. I think we touched on a lot of them, but our Raptors, man. They only had a two and two week because of your boy. It's his fault. I, I brought the curse upon us. But hey, we have looked better than every single team that we've played against. I thought we looked better than the Brooklyn Nets. I thought we looked better than the Miami Heat in both those games. And we definitely looked better than Philadelphia last night. My favorite part about that Brooklyn Nets game is with Five minutes left, just like against Cleveland in the first game. We're down, we weren't down as much in the Cleveland game, but we were down 10, and we go, all right, snap time. And we go on a 10-0 run, man. And it was, I mean, we ended up losing the game, so not great. But the fact that that's in there, the fact that we've been the best fourth-quarter team in the NBA, yeah, like that is playoff situational when you need it. And it's just really encouraging to see that from our Raptors. Because that's to, not, not, not our calling card normally. Right, and to add to that, in a W in the second game against Miami, we closed that game on a 25-9 to run to get that victory. So yeah. this is this is the weirdness of the Raptors right now because you make the comment about how we're better than every team, and it's like, yeah, that's because it looks like in every single game, the Raptors get into the game. Sometimes we have that thing where the boys aren't quite ready and we, we get behind, but sometimes it just looks like the game is being played and the boys are just like, cool we're gonna just play basketball for three quarters and then the fourth quarter comes around and it's 16 game time it's lock-in time it's defense time from the boys 
And the reason XG. we've been able, yeah, and the reason we've been able to do that is because our offense has actually looked relatively decent this year. The way that Pascal has been playing and running the show has enabled our defense to be so strong in the fourth quarter. You know, I've been riding that trade Pascal Siakam train. I've been, you know, I still think we should trade him because <laughs> I think that like his value is probably never going to be higher. Man. Never. He's looking like a first team All NBA player at the moment. Um, he looks to just have taken a step this year that you know is a really hard step to make. Like from fringe All NBA to like first team All NBA is the biggest step in the NBA that you have to make, and he has looked poised he's looked confident that third team all nba really given him something to lean back on in his pocket um but again this is why i'm still on the trade pascal train is because he gives you games like last night where in the first quarter or in the first half he looked like like he looks better than lebron james he looked like he's you know, Joel Embiid and James Harden combined. He's 4 of 4 from deep. He's 7 of 8 from the field. He's already got 19 points. And then he ends the game with 20 points. And he's 7 of 16 from the field. And he's 4 of 8 from deep. And you're like, oh, he only hit a free throw in the, in the second half. I mean, yes, his facilitation was great. But, like, that is who he is, you know? Seeing him trash talk PJ Tucker the way that he did in that, at the beginning of that game was peak spicy pee right there. Dirty and, footer, bro. And then the way that it, yeah, the game kind of fell apart for him. But we saw that veteran presence of knowledge to know how to transition his game and end up with the 13 assists that he had. The scary part of Pascal right now, which is the real conversation that I, that I want to have about him, is because we, we've seen the, the skills that he had. We've seen that. And we think it's relatively sustainable, considering what we know about Pascal. The scary thing is that he decided not to sign a contract extension. And now if he makes another All-NBA team, he's a $200 million contract player. Which, on the one hand, you're like, okay, if you keep up doing this where you're going 25, 8, and 9, which is MVP levels, cool. Yes. But we've only ever seen it now. We've never seen it before. Is it sustainable, isn't it? There's too many questions. It's why the maybe trade Pascal at the top of his peak form is oh, yeah. that thing. We just don't know. There's so many ways that this could go. I feel like really bad for Pascal Siakam because, you know, we go and we win that championship and then he goes, has an all NBA season next to Kyle Lowry. He's named third team all NBA. He's looking absolutely phenomenal. We're the number two seed in the, in the Eastern conference. And then the bubble kind of hit yeah. and he lost himself and he wasn't the same player. And then we had the Tampa season. And then even last year, you know, we really saw Pascal Siakam be Pascal Siakam again, like that, you know, All-NBA. Well, from injury woes to the All-NBA season, that his yeah. progression over the course of it, yeah. Now, this level of play has, is unprecedented from him. And if he can keep it up for the full season, I, I think it's hard to not <laughs> invest in him and not give him the contract. Yeah. But I, I honestly, I think, you know, the best franchises in all of sports move off of players before they they age out of their peak or like you know before they show those signs of wear and tear and i think that this year like if you can take pascal siakam and get like you know a type of a tyrese halliburton i'm not saying because pacers aren't going to give us tyrese halliburton yeah, yeah. but get a player like him um to a team that like might be on the fringe of of really pushing into the playoffs but can't get there 
Um, you know, maybe I I doubt Sacramento will give us Keegan Murray, but like, you know, maybe Keegan Murray, you know, well, is on the block because the the Kings are right there. And and this you is know? why the Andrew Wiggins trade was on the block for Pascal last year before Wiggins did what he did to become the number two of that Golden State team. And when you think about how Clay Thompson has been playing this season, it's good that they have Andrew Wiggins there right now. But yeah, Pascal, man, we love what we're seeing, and I. I would love if he keeps up this level of talent and becomes an all-NBA player for the next four years. We would love that. But we haven't seen it before. We don't know if Spicy can do it. And when you think about the conversations that we've had about all the other players on this roster who want to try to get to all-NBA, who want to have steps in their game, there's only so much food that can go around for the boys. And I love Pascal, but I really love Scotty. I'm a big OG fan, even though he's struggling. You know, I want to see Precious struggling. Eh? There's so many different mouths that have to be fed on this team. So, like, we can't all be happy at the end of the day. No, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that's the only time that we've really faltered. It's like, you know, when we're disobeying those basketball gods and we are trying to use, um, you know, our, our skill and, and show what we've developed this off season. And, you know, I'm not going to take that open three. I'm going to, you know, dribble step, make a move and do something with it. Like even look, so Scotty had a great game last night, but he had a moment where, you know, he's playing against Joel Embiid and he, you know, dribbles up fakes, gets Embiid in the air. As he takes a jab step, Embiid turns around and then he pulls. Now, absolutely phenomenal play. If he keeps it moving to a better shooter, that's even better. But he's like, oh, I just did that. And, like, in the NBA, it's almost, you know, if you're going to fake a guy out that bad, like, you could take the shot, right? Yeah, you created you deserve it. it. But he's not – he he hesitated too, which gave Joel that extra second to get back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he's not the knockdown three-point shooter yet that we want him to be. So it was, like, a little bit – you know, of a little bit of a Hail Mary. Um, so if he could play within himself, because he's not trying to show that all the time. I think Precious's best game was that, you know, fourth game against Miami. He played within himself. He only went for rebounds. He only went for dunks. Like, he was, he, he was just a man on a mission to show, like, this is my game and this is where I can be. And you got to love that. But you're right, man. Like, he wants to be all-NBA defense. OG wants to be all-NBA defense. And maybe even an all-star, you know, scoring the basketball. Gary Trent wants to be an all-star or an all-offensive type of player because he's in a contract year. Yep. And then we've got, you know, our two actual all-stars in, in uh, Siakam and, and Freddie that we've ought to actually feed. Um, and you're not to mention, like, Boucher. You know, Coloco. Uh, we haven't even had Otto Porter Jr. yet. Like, nope. this team is deep, man. And I even like the Malachi Flynn. Like, he only had one nice step back against Miami the other day. But still. I, I think he can bring that to our team. I think he was showing it all pro-am. I think he's, like, if we let him be confident in it, I think he can mm-hmm. bring that element of, you know, step back three-point shooting to our team when we need it when Freddie's you know, worn down because we can't keep playing this man 38 minutes plus a night, man. I know. It's just, it, it hurts. It hurts. Right. But at the same time, these are the right problems to have as a team. It's why we bring up every week, why this team is probably potentially looking for a trade down the line to consolidate assets and figure out where things go. The bright side out of all these issues that I see, as I look at a player like Boucher, who has found his role and has come into his rhythm. And I look at, even in the small sample size, OG. Came out of the gates, looked bad. 
did not look good to start the season. We, we have to be true. I had it written down. OG was off. No. The next game, this hasn't stopped. But the last game that we saw, you know, the previous two, he's slowly settling into his role. He knows what he's good at. And I'm sorry, if you don't think OG is one of the best 3 and D players, wings in the league, you don't watch NBA basketball. You don't understand how the game works. It's just a fact. Absolutely. So if every player can, through Nurse's teaching, through everything else, through Pascal being who he is, come together, find their roles, and realize that if everyone plays to the peak of their abilities without doing the Russell Westbrook things, without making these bad mistakes, Forcing this it. team is a playoff team. This is a team that can compete. And so, yes, problems exist. They're everywhere, but they're the right situations. And I, I have so much hope for this squad that they can pull it together. Dude, if everybody can maximize the roles that they're in, which I totally think they can, and Siakam's playing at an all-NBA level, like first-team all-NBA, we don't have just a playoff contending roster. We have a like top-five roster in this league. Because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, you know, really Philadelphia should be one of those those teams that exposes our lack of center depth. And last night, it just wasn't on display mm-hmm. um christian coloco yes he commits the most head scratching fouls every now and again and the most infuriating calls get get him because he's a rookie so he got no respect but man does he play defense and that block on tyrese maxi is something that i haven't seen a raptors player do since yeah. we had like chris bosh Maybe Ibaka. Maybe Ibaka. Yeah. But we had, like, kind of low-end Ibaka, right? He was de- deteriorating old, a older Ibaka. You know, this is, older a kid, Ibaka. this is a kid who isn't even anywhere close to his prime yet. So, yes. Absolutely, man. Like, he's got the Siakam trajectory, and he's already playing minutes. Like, Siakam couldn't even get minutes in his rookie year at this age because he he couldn't play defense like, like this. So, I mean, again, like, would you love to see him dominate, you know, 40 minutes in the G League? Yeah, but he's playing NBA minutes, and they're good, serviceable minutes. So you got to be encouraged by that. And as a Raptors fan, love to see it. You know, we pulled out the 2-2 week, right? And that's all you can ask for when you lose, you know, the unfortunate games that we do to start it, right? To get the win against Miami, to get the win against Philadelphia. The trajectory that we have is up at the moment, right? The beginning of the week was bad. Where we are now is much better, right? So the hope is that, you know, maybe Otto comes back. He's he's going to be away from the team for a little bit because of personal issues that I, I didn't want to research or get into. But, you know, I think about this Philly game specifically that gives me a lot of hope for the season, right? To see Fred take a back seat, take the Kyle Lowry role, not have to worry about getting his points, just worry about making sure everybody's doing what they're doing. And then when the team is bleeding dry in the fourth quarter, back-to-back three-pointers and an unreal steal on Joel Embiid, that really is what closed out the game. Like, it's moments like that that get me so excited. Well, it, it goes back to that too many mouths to feed, right? Like, we didn't even bring up Freddie during that whole thing because yeah. Freddie has has his all his all star appearance last year, and I think that is keyed for him that he doesn't need to be the showy player. He doesn't need to to show the rest of the NBA fans, the rest of the NBA world, that he okay, is yeah. that caliber of player. And now he's just doing every little thing that the Raptors need from a winning point guard. He is hitting the right shots. He's making the right passes. Um, he's been playing unbelievable defense, and he's a leader, man. 
I think last night when we were pushing the ball, we were at our best, and every opportunity that it, it that we could, it looked like we were pushing. You know, fast plays, plays. Everybody bring it up. Nobody mm-hmm. hesitate. We're not looking for Fred. We're not looking for a single guy. You can grab and go. That's our roster, and that's you know one of the the you know benefits and highlights of our roster. But then with like 30 seconds left, we're sprinting up the court. We're pushing the ball around. We're up by five in the first quarter, and Fred's just like grabs the ball and she's whoa, whoa guys calm down we got right? this let's yeah, run yeah, out yeah. the clock let's make sure they only get one attempt at, a, at another shot to get this game close like i love that he's got that veteran leadership he's really really taking that kyle lowry role um and though we, we definitely relied on kyle a lot more to score he's really leaned into the intangible aspects and it's i i'm big freddy fan right now like it's unbelievable to watch him and he's not scoring like the way that he normally can and that he has in the past like he's not hitting the three ball as well like it's kind of been off a little bit but he's doing everything else kyle really was like the perfect mentor him with like the the path that kyle had to go through to get respect in the league to get a championship and do as you know i think about fred and being undrafted and betting on himself and how that's kind of like you know pushing into siakam now and his things I love that Fred is the leader of this team. And, and my biggest worry, Matt always does, my biggest worry for always Fred is how many times are we going to get one of those nights where he goes 9 for 24? And I don't want to see that. And this this self-sacrifice we're seeing out of him makes me go, oh, yay, we're not going to see those 9 for 24s hopefully anymore. But he still is going to have that dog in him when we need to hit those shots in big moments that we know he can do. Those pull-ups, those three-pointers were good, nice, solid shots. But he wasn't open. He was covered, oh. but he knocked them down. And some of them even from range. So, you know, we're happy to see a leader in Fred do what he's doing. Oh, man. I couldn't be more excited about it with Fred Van Vliet, man. Um, again, we're five games into the season. Oh, seven games in this? No, five games in the only season. Only five. Only five. Three yeah. and two. Three and two. Sorry, you had a three and four record currently. And I was like, that's seven, Kevin. It's We're three and two. Oh, bro. man. I let you down with my writing on here. I apologize, <laughs> my friend. For a second. <laughs> I was like, I missed two games? No. Yeah, um, you know, it's early, but our team's been playing really well. I like where they they are. I think we've actually been the better team in all of the games that we've played, mm-hmm. even in our losses. Uh, we've just kind of waned for a second. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what we do against the big boys. I want to see us play Milwaukee. I want to see us play Boston. I want to see us play Golden State because I think those are going to be our measuring sticks. Yeah. Like I was saying to you, man, I would concede that about five NBA rosters are better than ours. Um, every other one that you want to bring up with me, I'll have a great, great debate about it with you because, you know, does your roster have an all-NBA player and an all-star and a young, you know, 6'9 gazelle god, another 6'9 gazelle right. precious Achua, a, one of the best 3 and D stoppers in the league, and a flamethrower in Gary Trent? Like, that's six guys that are just... You know, they could all easily be in the top 80 players in this league. And mm. that's what this league's about now, man. We talk about it, and it's going to it's gonna show this year when we win that championship. Yeah, we, the thing is, we also have a serviceable 7, 8, 9, 10, right? The last thing that I, that I want to bring up... Yeah, exactly. The last thing that I want to bring up is, obviously, the Scotty ankle sprain, the, the slight injury. Does it worry yeah. you? That obviously he's back. He had a good game, but does it worry you that you know it's the same? Is it the same ankle as he was dealing with in preseason? If I can't remember correctly, but does it does it bother you a little bit to see an injury this early? I it you know it's not it's never a good thing to see an injury, 
but he had one last year. He's, he seems to be a really quick healer because that one on, on Saturday night, like, I didn't think he was coming back for yeah. a while, <laughs> yeah. like, getting carried off, like, not being able to get off on his own power. But then to come back, you know, what is it, six, seven days later, not even? like. And on Monday, he was living his best life on the sidelines. You know, he was up. Yeah, he was yeah. with the boys getting pumped, so. So, uh, yeah. it, it worried, it, like, sucks. And, like, the fact that he's now had three or four injuries in a season and a bit, like, True. that's a little worrying for me. But, you know, as long as they don't become habit and he's fine, yeah. Look, we, we just got to get through Friday versus Philly because who knows what elbows and beads going to throw out. But looking ahead, especially, we got, <laughs> especially after how he's feeling and with the history that we've seen. But, you know, we got we got three games coming up this week. You know, Philly on Friday, Hawks on Monday, both of those games at home. And then we're going out to San Antonio to face the Spurs on Wednesday. We've proven we can beat Philadelphia. So, you know, the Hawks might be some trouble. And the Spurs seemingly look decent, even though they're tanking. But... Could be an interesting week ahead of us. Bro, the Spurs look fast, and they look well-coached, and they look aggressive. That will last them about 20, 30 games in the NBA of surprising <laughs> teams, and then there'll be enough tape that, like, True. they just don't have they don't have enough skill to, to continue at this pace. Like, it's just, it's unfortunate it is what it is. So it looks right. like a prime loss for the Raptors, then, because those are the games that we Absolutely. fall trapped to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are trap games. <laughs> Oh man, like could be a could be an zero and three week for us. I mean, when you think about the storylines, right, with Philadelphia and the Hawks, looking how they've been doing, plus who knows what that you know backcourt is going to be. I'm excited to actually see Dejounte and Trey against the boys and see what our defense can do against it. So exciting week ahead of us. Honestly, the Hawks game is the most comedy game for me this week because we we just beat Philadelphia. I'm thinking Philadelphia's going to come back mad, and then the Spurs is a trap. So, <laughs> hey man, if we can get you know two and one, three and zero. Oh, I'll, I'll be happy. I would like it if we could not have a 3-4 and four record, although that's not possible with three games. But yeah, hopefully we have a positive record this time next week. Kid. Oh, man. Uh, you want to go into some some uh, hot takes, missed predictions? What do you got? Okay, so I'm looking at these bottom-tier teams that don't have a win yet, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to try to give out some generosity, give out a little charity here, and give out some Ws. So we got a banger weekend coming ahead of us. The Magic are going to beat the Hornets on Friday. We'll follow that up right. with the Kings, you know, beating the Heat on Saturday because, you know, we're not too high on the Heat. And then, you know, my Hail Mary, my out of left field, complete the weekend. Lakers going to get revenge on the Nuggets. It's it's not going to happen. But, hey, maybe we'll get lucky. Bro, like, they play uh, Minnesota today or tomorrow, and then they got to play – yeah, they're they're not winning. It, it, <laughs> the, Lakers, Sorry, bro. the Lakers could be 0-9 or 0-8, I think. The Lakers could season. be the last team in the NBA to, to get a win. Um, now, that might be a little bit of a, a tease for a mystic prediction. So I'm going to give you guys something really concrete. OKC about to put the LA Clippers in a body bag. Um, you know, they're going to get the win, man. Like, no Kawhi. Oh, Jay yeah. Gill just with the 32 per. I'm thinking he's going to go off. Just give the win to OKC and move on. I love to hear it, my friend. Well... We're pumped. You know, that's a great week. We've got one week down in the NBA already. A bunch of fantastic games. I'm really enjoying the storylines we're getting so far this season. I think the NBA is in a great place, and I cannot wait to see where everything unfolds. So much talent, my friend. So much talent. All right. Well, perfect. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.